Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. These were like overseers, verse 2. And over these three governors of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel, say this Daniel, he distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. Say excellent spirit. Say it again, excellent spirit. And watch this, because that spirit was in him, look at the next part of the verse. So the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could not find any charge or fault with him because he was faithful. So we got a man who's distinguished because he's excellent and because he's faithful. And even when his haters tried to come against him to find something wrong with him, because he was faithful, they couldn't find nothing wrong with him. Uh, see, some, some of the reasons some folk got a problem with you is because you're distinguished from them. And they got a problem when they see your excellence, it makes them aware of their mediocrity. Uh, look at verse number 28. So this Daniel, say this Daniel. He prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So this Daniel prospered. Well, well, why did he prosper? Because he was distinguished. So then evidently the way to being able to prosper, what is prosper? It's doing well. Not just money because you're not prosperous if you got money but don't nobody like you. <laughs> what good is your money when you got to use it all on just you? Y'all ain't saying nothing. What good is your money if you got to eat by yourself? Because don't nobody else want to eat with you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This Daniel prospered because he was distinguished from the rest. And as believers in Jesus, if anybody ought to be distinguished, it ought to be us. Father, we ask that you would speak now. I decrease that you might increase. Do what only you can do, which is take human words and give them some divine meaning. And that divine meaning speak to the specificity of the situations that we're dealing with. Father, I thank you that I'm speaking to distinguished warriors today. Every man under the sound of my voice, every woman under the sound of my voice, every child, every boy, every girl. I am speaking to distinguished people. I know they're distinguished because of all of what they've made it through. They didn't make it through that pain and that hurt and that heartache and that pain unless there was something that distinguished them. So, Father, I pray that today you'd stir up that distinguished warrior on the inside of all of us today. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. Yeah. High five somebody as you take your seat. Say, I'm a distinguished warrior. I'm a distinguished warrior. Uh, as we are in, we are in our series, The Warrior. 
And uh, as we're in week three, I want to remind you this series is not just to men, but it's so that women can, women can better understand us. And really, today's teaching is really not just for men, it's for everybody. Somebody say, everybody, everybody, everybody. I need to warn you that today's message is going to be so practical that nobody's going to misunderstand any of it. You, you're not going to be able to leave and say, I didn't get that point. I didn't quite understand. This is going to be right there, right where you're at. Now, say distinguished. Uh, distinguished means having an air of distinction or being made conspicuous by excellence. When you are distinguished, everybody from every angle is able to notice that there is something different about you. They look at you and say there is something unique about them and what it is that's unique about them causes me to strive to want to be and to have what it is that they possess. Say distinguished. Daniel distinguished himself because he was a man of excellence. He was a distinguished warrior. It was not enough to just be a warrior. Remember, we learned in week one that a warrior is one that's skilled in combat or warfare. A warrior is one that knows how to pray. A warrior is one that knows how to fight for his family. A warrior is one that knows how to fight to see results in his life. A warrior is one that fights for his community. But it's not enough to know how to fight. You have to know how to fight well. And so, hence the term, the distinguished warrior. A lot of folk want to tear some stuff up, but uh, and not everybody knows how to take a scalpel and deal delicately with things. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He was the distinguished warrior, and I want every person, especially every man that I pastor, to be a man of excellence. Amen. Oh God, I wish somebody would say something right there. Excellence is God's fingerprint. It is evidence of God's involvement in something that's going on. Excellence means the state or the quality of excelling. You know excellence because excellence in average, because everybody's doing average, not everybody's doing excellent. Because if everybody was doing excellent, excellent would be average, and then there would still be another level above excellent, which is called excellent. Do you get it? Everybody's doing average, but I believe there's some believers at Harvest today that say, I'm sick of doing average. I'm, I'm sick of an average life. I'm sick of an average marriage. I'm sick of an average family. I want to be distinguished. Now, 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 now. Excellence doesn't always mean you have the best because many times when we think of excellence, we think, we have to have the best. Bishop, I would be excellent if I had a Mercury D. And that's how I know you're not ready for one because you can't even pronounce Mercedes right. <laughs> now, what you laughing? I, I actually heard somebody say it like that before. I said, baby, you ain't, you ain't ready for it. You ain't, you ain't ready for it. You ain't ready for it. Excellence does not always mean you have the best. Well, Bishop, if I had this, if I had this, if I had this, but you don't. Excellence doesn't mean you have the best. It means you treat what you have like it is the best. Because when you begin to treat the things like you have, like they are the best, you're doing what's called appreciating them. And when you appreciate something, you add value to it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Rather than asking for a better wife, why don't you appreciate the one you have? And watch her develop into that. With, okay, y'all ain't like going to say nothing. Rather than wishing you had a better husband, why don't you appreciate the one you have now and add value to him? Okay, I can see it's going to be a little easy, but still somewhat rough. Uh, uh, rather than saying, oh, man, I just if I got this new car, I tell you, ooh, I'd wash it every week. See, the reason God doesn't believe you is because you don't wash what you have every week. So he's trying to figure out, Matthew 25, he's trying to figure out, well, why would I give you more when what I, what I gave you, you didn't do nothing with? See, so excellence is not always having the best. It's not always having the most expensive. It means you take what you have and you treat it like it is the best. Which means you may not have Nikes, you may have Turntex, but you treat them like they're Jordans. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Y'all, yeah. Now, now, now watch this. Everybody is always watching no matter who you are whether you're the pastor or the plumber, and we have to be able to show the world, to show the community, to show this region that being a Christian doesn't mean below average because a lot of you know Christians, and every time you think of them, you think of average, 
You think of getting by, you think of stressed out, you think of struggling. But I believe there's some believers that believe this word that says when I come into Christ, I can demonstrate a life of excellence. Because excellence is going to open up the opportunity for you to minister to people because sometimes you don't have to do as much talking when you're doing it through your living. Uh, St. Francis of Assisi said, preach the gospel and only when necessary talk. He says, only when necessary, use words, which means our lifestyles, the way we live, it's the lifestyle of the blessed and famous. That's the kingdom lifestyle, man. It's the, I maybe didn't get born with a silver spoon in my mouth, but my God owns all the gold and the silver and the cattle on a thousand hills, which means I can't help it that I'm blessed. Tell somebody, say, I can't help that I'm blessed. I can't help that. I can't help that. So, 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 then, so then my lifestyle ought to be preaching a message much louder than the words that actually come out of my mouth. Because many times people won't understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. But they can see the lifestyle in which you live. And they're looking to see whether or not you're going to be appreciative for what you have. Or are you going to be like those ten negative spies that complain about this and complain about that. I believe there's some distinguished warriors in the house today. Excellence boils down to stewardship. Here's stewardship. Real simple. Stewardship means you don't own it. You're managing it. Uh, uh, stewardship means everything you have, God has given you. It ain't yours. Amen. Just, just look at your neighbor and say, don't fool yourself. It's not yours. Not yours. No, no. Everything we have belongs to him. But he's allowed us to be stewards or managers over it. You got it? So excellence really boils down to this question. Can you be trusted? A lot of people want to talk about trust the Lord, trust God, trust in the Lord, trust Jesus. The question is, can Jesus trust you? Because you're living in excellence when the question isn't, I trust him. But the statement is, he trusts me. Any people in the house where the Lord can trust, trust you. Not because you're perfect, not because you get everything right. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of Jesus, but he can trust us because he knows whatever he gives us, we're going to take it and make the best out of Baby, you give me some lemons. I'm not just making lemonade. I'm going to go get me some wood and build me a lemonade stand and start selling it. Start a lemonade franchise. With lemonade ice pops. I'm helping somebody. You're trying to figure out. I don't know what to do. You go get you some lemons, baby. Amen. Get you some sugar. Not no splendor. Some real white bleach, unhealthy sugar. <laughs> That's the question. God says, can you take a bad hand and still play it well? That's stewardship. Perhaps there are some prayers that God doesn't answer because he looks at the kind of steward we've been with what we currently have. And many times people want things, they want next level when they haven't mastered current level. They want bigger when they haven't managed not bigger. It's amazing to me how many times people sometimes will be praying for a new job or they'll be praying for, uh, for a, new, a new car, a new house or what have you. And it's amazing when I, because sometimes I already know the answer what he's going to say, but you know, you pray because you know you love God, you love people, you love life. But I'm like, I already know what he's going to say. I know what he's going to say because of how you treat your current job. Oh, it's quiet in here. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. That's cool. Y'all better than the last experience though. Y'all get with me though. It was, it was hitting them. I mean, their toes was messed up. Everybody had on open-toe shoes, and the Lord was like stomping on them. But it's a good message because we all need to hear it. We all need to hear it. We all need to hear it. But, but, but maybe the reason you haven't received the new job that you've been praying for is because God says you are a bad steward with the current job because you have bad attitude. You show up late. You don't do what they want you to do. And your reason is spiritual because the Lord's getting ready to take me to a new level. The new level is called being a good steward. This, perchance, just indulge me for just about 15 seconds. Why would God let you take a bad attitude on job A 
where you've already contaminated everybody there. So when you do invite them to church, they don't want to come anyhow because they're looking at how you treat them. I'm not talking about you. Somebody you know. <laughs> now, y'all are taking my time laughing now. I said 15 seconds. Y'all taking my time. Now, watch this. Now, check this out. Why would he let you take that from A and bless you up and upgrade you to B so you can take the same negativity, complaining, foolishness, lack of excellence to B? Now, does that make good sense to you? Well, I, I'm just perhaps suggesting just uh, a hypothesis, uh, conjecture, if you will. Maybe that's why God hadn't answered some prayers. Is because he's saying, I'm looking at how you've been a manager of what I've already given you. And you haven't excelled with that, so why would I give you more? What we got to do as Christians is excel with what we have and with where we're at before we're desiring more. And our culture... Most warriors are never taught how to win the battle of excellence. And that's why every few months I try to talk about, I try to teach excellence because it's counter to our culture. Everything our, in our culture is, is anti-excellence. We tolerate average. We tolerate excuse making. We tolerate mediocrity. We, we tolerate all of that. And many times Christians tolerate it in the name of Jesus. And, you know, God knows my heart, bless God. Okay. And that's cool. And he does. And that's wonderful. But I'm just saying, at some point. Oh, okay, I'm I'm gonna put it to you. I'm gonna put it to you so you really get. I'm gonna put it to you so you really get. You ready, 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 you ready? Now, 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 now. Uh, how many of you got uh you got cable TV, some kind of cable TV or what they call now, uh, uh, or satellite or something. You got more than that piece of aluminum foil attached to the Can't have too much metal when you walk in the living room because it be the. Okay, so everybody, come on, let me see. Come on, put them up, put them up. Okay, everybody got something. Okay, you got something, something, something. Even if you got that thing sitting on top of the TV with the two things and you had to twist it. <laughs> yeah, some of y'all remember, you, you had to, okay, all right, all right. You got something coming into the TV. That's all I'm trying to say. You ain't trying to get over the air where it's cloudy, but you're still trying to make out the words. And if you do, praise God for what you got. Be excellent with what you got. <laughs> now, if your TV was always not working, and if you have certain providers, it probably that is the case. I won't call no names to protect the innocent and the guilty. <laughs> but, but now, if every day you called and they had an excuse for you, you know, we apologize. Tyrone was feeling sick today. He didn't even get out there to uh, get to that area. We really apologize. You, you know we wanted to fix it. We really did. We just didn't have no time. All right. So, so, so then here's your next question. Because you're a good Christian. Good Christian. I understand things happen. So when y'all going to be out here to fix it? Look, uh, I don't know. But I can tell you we're going to be out there. Are y'all with me? Now, I know you're spiritual, and I know you love Jesus, but in that moment right there, something from somewhere is going to rise up, and you're going to say to yourself, I don't know when you're going to come fix my television that I'm paying you for every month. That's not going to be acceptable. So check this out. If we wouldn't accept that from somebody we're paying, why would we give that to the God who paid the ultimate sacrifice for us? Somebody say, distinguished warrior, distinguished warrior. We love God's grace and we love his mercy and we all need it and we thank him for it. But it should cause us to strive to be excellent. We wouldn't tolerate it, so why would we give it? I'm going to say it again. We wouldn't tolerate it. So why would you give it? I'll give you one more example. This is for your neighbor. You ever had bad restaurant experience? Put your, put, 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 okay, you had me. Okay, those of you that have not, I'd like to know where you eat. Because <laughs> me and you, we going after church today. I'm telling you, I want to see this. 
Now, now here's the deal. When you have a bad restaurant experience, you try to be understanding, don't you? Because, because and, and for people that work in that field, I, I have a lot, of, a lot of respect because you're, you're dealing with people's dirty dishes and dirty food, and sometimes it's not bad service, it's bad customers, <laughs> which results in bad customer service. And so, and so I have a lot of respect. And, and, and so, but now, if you have a bad experience with your waiter or your waitress or the quality of your food, I guarantee you, you're going to say something. And then, you know, you do the Christian thing. Listen, excuse me, excuse me. I hate to do this, but I'm still going to do it anyhow. So, uh, I hate to buy it. It wasn't you. It wasn't you. It wasn't you because you didn't make it. But this food, this is just not good. This is it. You're you going to let them know, and if they don't handle it the way you want them to handle it, who are you going to ask for? L- let me see your manager. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Let me see your manager, and the manager's going to come. You're going to want everybody to know about your experience. And then if the manager don't handle it right, some of you, depending on what side of the Mississippi you're from, it's scene-making time. Because you got to get some, some troops to rally around your cause. But, Bishop, what are you trying to say? You wouldn't tolerate a lack of excellence. So why then would you give out a lack of excellence? Oh, somebody get with me. Are we hearing this? We wouldn't tolerate it, so, 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 so why would we give it? And here's the interesting thing. Uh, for Christians, they can't go to your manager. <laughs> they can't write you up. They just got to take you like you're the end all. And that's why if we don't give excellent and live in an excellent lifestyle, that's why we can run more people away from the cause of Christ than we can bring to the cause of Christ. Because they're looking like, I don't even know who to go to. I don't have a manager. I can complain too. Are you with me? Say excellence. Now, Daniel was excellent. And here's why Daniel was excellent. He was excellent. Because of his namesake. Daniel's name meant God is my judge. Now check this out. It's going to be very difficult to live a lifestyle of excellence. If you're constantly looking at people. If you're constantly trying to impress people. It's going to be difficult to live an excellent lifestyle. Because you're only going to be excellent when people are looking. And when they stop looking all of a sudden your excellence is gone. Y'all not saying nothing. And so you picking up trash while somebody with a badge is looking. But soon they gone. Daniel was a man of excellence. Watch this. Because Daniel's name meant, I'm not worried about pleasing you. I'm worried about pleasing God because everything I do is a reflection of the God I serve. So I don't want to embarrass him or misrepresent him. So if I'm going to call myself a believer, don't go it. I'm sure going to make sure everything I do is pleasing to him. Daniel wasn't excellent because he wanted God to love him more. Let me be very clear. I don't care how excellent you are. It's not going to make God love you any more or any less than the person sitting next to you. Daniel was excellent because he said, God, since you've given me your best, I need to give you my best. Do you not understand that the scripture says you were made in the very image and the very likeness of God? That means God ripped a piece of himself off and put it in you and said, I'm making a mini me. He gave you his very best and he made you out of the best. So when we accept excellence, we're accepting something that's antithetical to our very nature. We're accepting something that doesn't even add up to who we are. Say excellence. Say it with me. Say excellence. Say excellence. Say excellence. Okay. 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 So now watch this. A lack of excellence comes from a vitamin C deficiency. Vitamin C. Got to get your vitamin C. Uh, uh, vitamin C is very important because uh, if you do not have vitamin C in your body, uh, your immune system and, and, and other things will not operate at the full capacity and propensity that they're supposed to. Now, 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 now. You said there's a vitamin C. Yeah. Uh-huh. Character, communication, and conduct. That's the vitamin C I'm talking about. Uh, we we got to ask God for his grace to help us with this excellence thing. Got to ask him for his grace. He said, Bishop, why? Because you got to be honest about where you are. You ever met somebody that's totally dishonest about where they're at? You know, like, they have no sense of reality. 
there's this show. There's this show I watch because it's really good for 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 uh, purposes of of of, of uh, uh, enterprise and business. It, it's uh, it's called uh, Tabitha's uh, Salon Takeover. Anybody else watching? Okay, all ten of us. So y'all be with me. Okay. I like it because it's very good business. I don't know nothing about no hair. I don't know about not doing no hair. I don't want to do no hair. I don't know nothing about I want to cut no hair. I like it the way I like it. I do one size. Whoop. Ain't got nothing to do with that. What I like about it is, now, now she's raw. Tabitha something else. She on a whole nother level. And don't care. I mean, she come in just, I just feel so bad for the people sometimes. Like, man, God. She didn't have to say it like that. I mean, <laughs> so so here's the whole deal. Here's the whole premise of the show. Uh, there's a struggling salon. They're not doing well. They're in debt. They call on her. She has a very successful uh, salon business, so on and so forth. And uh, and so they call on her to come in and to help them get their business in order. And that's the part I like. I like the mechanics of it. I like the enterprise. I like the entrepreneurial part. I like the business aspects of it. And so she comes in and she puts in hidden cameras. And as she's got those hidden cameras there. What she does is uh, she begins to look at what they're doing when they don't think anybody's watching. Because, watch this, who you are when nobody's watching is your character. Who you are when people are watching is your reputation. Your character is who you really are. Your reputation is who people think you are. See, because we're talking about vitamin C deficiency. So, so, so she, put, she put these cameras in there so she can see. And I mean, and then she'll bring the owner in and she'll say, look at this and look at this and look at this and look at this. And she says, I've had enough. Give me your keys. What's she say? I'm taking over. That's why I like the show, too, because he said taking over. I said, God, uh, we need to send her our, our jingle. I like that. So she says, I'm taking over. And she walks in there. She says, everybody gather around, gather around. I think she's from New Zealand or something like that. And she walks in and everybody gather around. And she, I mean, she lets them have it. She says, listen, I'm Tabitha and I'm taking over. And for the next week, you ain't got no appointments. I canceled your appointments and we're going to get it together. And at the end of this week, some of you may be working here. And then the music changes. And some of you may not. God, dog, I like that show. And so, and so, and so she does that. Now, now check this out. There was one time she was in this salon. I won't call her name. She was in this salon in California. And, uh, and, 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 and it was a husband and wife team. Some of y'all remember that episode. It was a husband and wife team. And they didn't just have a salon. They had a very unique enterprise. They had a salon, check cash in place, bankruptcy place, get your divorce papers filed place, get your income taxes done. Plus they had a retail shop. Plus... <laughs> That's exactly, that's what the man said. He said, it's a one-stop shop. While you're getting your hair done, you can be filing your divorce. <laughs> While you're getting your hair done, your taxes can be getting did. <laughs> I'm joking in my use of the word did. Now, they do that. And so, and so Tabitha was trying to get the man's attention. And what I found is, is that most of these businesses, the problem was the owner. The owner's just delusional. And so she tried to get their attention. And so, and so uh, she was talking to the wife, and, and the wife was saying, my husband just thinks on a grand scale. You know, we invited President Obama for our grand reopening. And we invited the governor. And, and Tabitha said, you invited the president. Uh, did he respond? She says, no, but my husband thinks on a real grand scale. She says, no, your husband thinks on a delusional scale. You invite the president to come to a hair, a hair shop, bankruptcy place, divorce place, income tax place, and, and you got little Keisha in the front running the front desk. No, not Keisha, look Keisha. Talking about she didn't come to take out the trash. She don't work there to do that. That ain't part of her job description. That ain't what a hostess does. Okay, I've taken way too long on this story. And so, and so anyway, so Tabitha does this, and, and she was trying to get his attention because he was deluded. He wouldn't just admit what reality was. Now, you're not going to be able to operate in excellence, so you won't just admit where you're at. If you are two, just be honest with the fact that on your excellence scale, you are two. Just tell the truth. You lie, you late, you don't do nothing right. Just say it. Because if you're not honest about that, then all of what I'm getting ready to say ain't going to mean nothing because you're going to be building on a facade. You're going to be building on a fake foundation. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? So we got to be honest. And once we realize where we are, we got to say, okay, God, now give us some grace because we got to be excellent. We have to not just talk about it. We got to be about it. Does your neighbor say, just don't talk. Just don't talk. Tell them, be about it. Be about it. Be about it. So that first C we already kind of delved into is that character, excellent character. Excellent character requires a commitment to truth. And in our culture, do you know something? It was a few experiences ago I was, I was teaching, and uh, I looked up a statistic that I found startling. It said that the average American lies 23 times a day. 23 times. And as Americans, <laughs> that's, just, that's just Alaska, Hawaii, and the continental, 48. And depending on what politician you are, they may be 52 or 53 or 54. Now, now, based on that, 23 lies a day. Now, I'm not talking about your neighbor 23 times. They said the average American. Got it. So what they did was add up all the Americans and then the number of lies, you see, and come up with what they call a mean or average. 23 ain't the median lie rate. It's the average lie rate. So some people lie more than that. <laughs> Some less, okay? But check it out. In our culture, it's easy for us to sometimes get uh, 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 a misunderstanding of what truth is. Uh, because omission is the same as a lie. Embellishment is the same as a lie. See, I ain't getting a lot of amens right through here. You can tell the 23ers right here. It's easy in our culture to embellish because that's what, you know, I, I, have a, I have a personality type that I call a sensationalist. And sensationalists are people that I'm very careful about what I let them tell me because if I let them tell it to me the way they tell it to me and I interpret that way, I will think that the sky is falling. You know sensationalists because when they call you, that it, 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 is, it is the, what you doing? You need to pull over. I got something to tell you. And you're thinking, oh, my God, what is going on? What is going on? You don't play all these games with me pulling over. Just tell me what's going on. Did you just see that episode? Of... And you're thinking to yourself, no, you didn't. Just sit up here and build up like you was going to say something real, real big and then say some little mess like that. Did I see that episode? So there's certain things that I filter. By the time they come to me, I feel that I say, that ain't right, that ain't right, that ain't true, that ain't true. Okay, this is probably what happened. But in our culture, that's normal. In our culture, embellishing is lying. You know, embellishing is adding a little bit. No, they couldn't say that it was a black top. No. Well, you know, it was kind of a smoky gray with highlights of black. That's black. Now, you can call it smoky gray with highlights if you want. Embellishing, adding to. And the statistic says... You're going to do that on average 23 times a day. But to have excellent character, what we got to be is committed to truth. And we don't talk about this a lot in church today, but we need to talk about it because I like it to be where when, people, when believers say something, people would be able to believe what we say. I, I can't get nobody. I, I like it to be that we don't have to have video footage to corroborate stories that we could just believe. If a believer says it, we know it's the truth. Say truth. So we have to be committed to truth. So that means when you find yourself in one of your 23 lies you're going to tell for the day. You have to stop yourself and say, wait a minute, that's not the truth. When you find yourself omitting information that you think is going to make it worse. And what you don't understand is by omitting it, when they find out that you did omit it, because they're going to go behind you and check, you've made it far worse. Because now it looks like you're deceitful. And liars always lose. You may look like you're winning on the front end, but you'll lose on the back end. So what you have to do is when you're in the middle of saying something that's not true, you're in the middle of omitting something, you're in the middle of doing that, you know what you got to say? You got to say, you know what? Uh, that's not the truth. That, that's not the truth. I, I shouldn't have said that. That's not true. When you do that, you go, first off, you're going to feel real weird. Because in that moment, the Holy Spirit is going to be shouting, Yes! We finally got them to be real. That's what you got to do. When you know somebody is lying, you got to help them tell the truth. You, you know, like politicians, how you know they're lying? Because they're talking. 
So what you got to do, what you got to do is help them tell the truth. You got to say, now, is there anything else you need to say? And they're just talking. You know, parents, you got to do this with your kids. You got to help them tell the truth. The devil wants them to lie. You got to help them tell the truth. And, and so you can see they got chocolate all over their mouth. Did you have them cookies? Mm-mm. You got to help them. Then you got to show them the evidence. Now, here's a photo of you at 930 this morning putting your hand over in the jar. You have to help people be truthful. You don't just, I know they were lying. I didn't say nothing. Then what good are you? What good are you? If you know somebody's doing something and you don't say nothing, then what good are you? I'll tell you what you are. You're an enabler. And we got to have believers that are distinguished warriors that will say, wait a minute. Hold up. Okay. Y'all still with me? <laughs> so we got to have excellent character. We got to be who we were made and created to be. Our words should mean something. Now, granted, things happen where you say something and, and you, your mouth moves faster than your brain. That happens. Come on, let's be honest. That happens. And by the time you left, you just thought to yourself, I just sat up here and lied the whole. Come on, who's ever done that? Come on, let's tell the truth. Don't you be sitting up here with your pontificating religious self acting like you ain't never done that. Some of you did it yesterday. That's why you wasn't in the springs at the party because you was. Mouth was moving faster than your brain. We've done that. We do things where we'll say something and forget it. I've done that. Where you'll say something and, and you'll be like, I didn't even realize what I, what I had said. Things happen, but we have to be committed to truth. Amen. Second thing, excellent communication. Excellent communication. Now, I don't suspect I'm going to get no runners from this teacher. But at least you're going to leave knowing that you can be excellent. Because you were made in his image. You were made excellent. Excellent communication. Communication's not a cuss word. I know we think it is, but it's not. Communication is very necessary for us to operate in what God wants. And there's a couple things you can do to open up the doors of communication. Men, especially for us, and we've talked about this before in one of the messages in this series about the need to show emotions and things, but communication is so important. There are marriages that fail because of communication. There, there are friendships that fail because of communication. And we like to say, well, what God has for me is for me. But what about the stuff you give away? Because you don't communicate. Uh, communication is vital to being uh, an excellent warrior and a distinguished warrior. So here, here, two couple things you can do to communicate better. You ready? The power of an apology. An apology is a very powerful thing because it disarms people around you. The reason so many times we have confrontations rather than communication is because everybody came into the conversation with weapons. And they were weapons of mass destruction. Y'all not going to say nothing with me. So, so a couple, they're, they're, they're calling themselves having communication, but they have a confrontation because she, she came armed and he came armed. And both of them ready to go. If she say this, I'm going to say something about that. Okay, y'all going to look at me like that? Y'all going to really do it like that? I can see this going to happen. I'm going to have to talk to y'all like we're in Watts or something because y'all want to be the acting brand new church. Now, check this out. The power of an apology. Uh, I was telling in the other experience about uh, how there was a famous singer and the singer was married to a pastor. And uh, what she did is she... she, uh, she, she was very negative and she was negative to the people and negative to him and, and she just had a poor attitude and she, she failed her responsibilities as being the pastor's wife and the years went by she got married and what have you and she went in and they were celebrating the pastor's 30th or something like that or 25th something like that anniversary as they were celebrating it this, pa this woman's famous singer she came and she apologized and she said I'm here to apologize because I know there were some things I did wrong and she said, a lot of times we try to blame it on this and that. She said, but I'm here to take responsibility for what I did and say I was wrong for it. And I apologize for how it hurt you. And, 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 and I ain't going to do it no more. Are you hearing what I'm saying? An apology is a powerful thing because it disarms people. A lot of times we fall out with people because they're offended, they're hurt, and, and nobody wants to communicate about it. Everybody's armed, everybody's on defense, everybody's on DEFCON 48, and can't nobody communicate with one another. 
If you're going to be a person of excellence, you have to learn to communicate. And sometimes communication starts with an apology. Because what it does is it takes all the weapons out of the room. Some of you, you, you're thinking, I really need to go fix that situation with so-and-so. What you waiting on? What you waiting on? Start with an apology. Don't go in, but look, you know you had did that, and that was wrong, and that's why I had did that. Let me tell you, that conversation's over. You already lost it before it started. Because they're going to pull out their weapons, too, and they put do 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 They've been waiting on you to call, dude. I've been waiting. Say an apology. Apologies are powerful. They open up the doors of communication. You're going to be excellent. You've got to learn how to apologize. Second thing you've got to do, though, is in communication is be generous in communication. We often think of generosity in physical things, but generosity transcends that. You can be generous uh, in your giving of compliments. You can be generous in your giving of encouragement. A lot of the times you can communicate well with people when you're generous in how you speak to them. Are you hearing, are you hearing what I'm saying? If you're generous and you sow generosity, uh, what you're doing, uh, when you give, what you're doing is you're adding value to something. And when you add value to something, you're appreciating it. And when you appreciate something, it becomes a greater valued object. See, homes, uh, of course, in today's economy, you got to fast and pray. But generally, homes are supposed to appreciate in value, which means that the value is greater after you've had it than when you first got it. So if you're going to be a person of excellence, you've got to take your communication and it's got to be better now than when you first got it. Does that, does that, we kind of get in that. So communication is not grunting. Communication is, is not hand gestures. That's not effective communication. Communication is not, well, I had a bad attitude, so he would feel my vibe. Got to, okay, I ain't going to tell you what that is. That, that's called witchcraft. It's manipulation. That, that's, that's not communication. Communication is saying, let's talk. I apologize. Believe me, I do. Because I know I was wrong. So I sing you this song. <laughs> Some of y'all laugh. You don't even know who that is. That's, I just dated the congregation. That's Anita Baker right there. Y'all know nothing about Anita. Y'all know nothing about that Anita. <laughs> Third and final area, this vitamin C deficiency, excellent conduct, excellent conduct. We shouldn't have to announce that we're believers for people to know we're believers. Our conduct should be speaking and saying and showing that we are believers in Jesus Christ. And so, I mean, I told you it's going to be real practical, right? Self-respect demands respect. A lot of people say, don't nobody respect me because you don't respect you. Bishop, Bishop, I do respect myself. No, you're not. No, you don't. Bishop, how do you know? Because you ain't clean. I told you it's going to be real practical, so just, 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 just work with me right through here. As believers, we should be clean. And you say, Bishop, what do you mean? I mean that very literally. There's no hidden spiritual meaning of that. I mean your kitchen should be clean. Depending on where you're from, clean. You need to keep your house clean. Are y'all getting with what I'm saying? A, a home should be clean. Why you can't never invite nobody in your house? And when you do, you got to do a bunch of explaining. I mean, from the time they get there, you call them on the phone five minutes before they get there to start explaining. Ooh, where you at? Ooh, I tell you, we had this going on and this going on. I said, so when you get here, don't say nothing because I tell you, well, why don't you spend that five minutes cleaning up? Why can't nobody ever ride in your car when it's time to carpool? You got folk in there, it's just not humans. You got old Taco Bell and old McDonald's and stuff and mascara and used pantyhose and y'all ain't saying nothing. There's an old saying, it's not in the Bible, but I think it's apropos. Cleanliness. 
is next to godliness. It ain't the Bible, but God, dog, it fits right there. Are, are, are y'all getting what I'm saying? When, when you go to, when I go to a restaurant, um, I, I go to restaurants a lot because uh, I don't cook. <laughs> That's why. There's no deep reason you don't want me cooking. <laughs> I promise you, you don't. But now, but now, but so when I go, when I go to a restaurant, you know, I, I pay attention to certain details because because I strive to be a man of excellence. So I pay attention to details. So, so when the person that's going to be serving my food comes, and, and, it, and under their hands and fingernails, it looks like sin, hell, and damnation. <laughs> I get concerned. Just in case a piece of my macaroni and cheese gets caught on one of their fingernails or something. When they bring, no, don't, don't look at me like you ain't never thought that. Don't look at me like you ain't never thought that. And they be doing this thing where they cough over here. And I'm like, well, why couldn't you just go, go uh, germex your whole body? Just get. Because I got a feeling it's going to slide down and get on your hand or something. I don't know. I'm just too. I'm, I'm a little different about that. <laughs> you say, I feel you. I know. So, so, so now, so watch this, y'all. Watch this. As believers, we should be clean. We should. That's part of excellence. We should be neat. Because you can be clean, but be a clean pack rat. You keep everything just in case. Got your prom just from 89. You, baby, you ain't going to be at, put that thing, put that on the eBay. Quit talking about one day. Say amen to that. You got stuff that you know you ain't going to do nothing. Just a pack rat. Now, I know you ain't heard a lot of messages like this. That's what's wrong with the body of Christ. Because everything, oh, God knows my heart. God, God wants you to clean your house up. And God wants your car to be clean. If you ain't got no car, God wants your bus pass to be shiny. Y'all ain't saying nothing. God wants us to be excellent. We're representing the King of kings and the Lord of lords. If he gave us his best, we sure enough got to give ours. <laughs> Woo, y'all, y'all, I'm about through. I'm about through because I know it gets kind of rough through here. You don't get a second opportunity to make a first impression. And as warriors for God, we've got to be excellent. We can't say stupid stuff. Mr. What do you mean stupid? There's only one real stupid thing to say, and that's, that's just how I am. That's stupid. Because what you're saying is, is you don't believe you have the propensity to change. So then what you're really saying is, is you don't really believe that the God of the Bible has got the power to do anything. That, that's what you're saying when you say, but that's just how I am. But connected to that, connected to this conduct piece is our attitude. Attitude determines your altitude. Why is it that many times you can pick out the Christian on your job because they have a bad attitude? I'm not talking about you. You're a harvester, so you're good. But some folk that you know, you like, I can already tell. You go to church, don't you? <laughs> like, where's your joy? Where's your, why are you so stank? Who hurt you? Go get some, forget, get some therapy. What's wrong with you? Just mad all the time. The world you mad at? It's going through a lot right now. All the time? You ain't never out of nothing. Well, how, no, I'm just, no, okay, now I'm finna just, I'm, I got to say something right here. I got to say something right here. How you always going through something? You ain't never have a good day. You ain't never got one day where stuff go right. You are, oh, I'm just going through. Oh, stuff's so tough. Shut up. Even if that's true, if I don't want to hear that, lie to me. I'm doing wonderful. Tell me a lie. I'm serious. You know people that have a bad attitude and every time you see them coming you already know they're going to take your atmosphere down. And so you got to pray in tongues and all kind of stuff before they get there. You're like, oh God, Jesus, please help me, Lord. Just give me the strength to give with this person, Lord. I just need, hey, Jesus, I need you, Lord. Just move, Jesus. Hey, come on, come on. As distinguished warriors, we got to have good attitudes. 
which means we have the attitude of let's get the job done. I ain't got no time to complain. I ain't got no time to murmur. I ain't got no time to backbite. Let's just get the job done. Text somebody say, I'm excellent. I'm excellent. I'm excellent. The only reason that there are things that lack excellence in our life is because we approve them. Philippians 1, 9 through 10 tells us. Things that lack excellence only exist because they're approved by people with a just get by mentality. So what you got to do is stop approving things that are not excellent in your life. If you're late all the time, stop approving that. You don't keep doing it because you approve it. I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm, no, you late because you woke up late or you sat on the couch when you should have been getting ready or it takes you 45 minutes in that bathroom and it don't look like you've done nothing the whole time you've been in there or or <laughs> no I, I just okay I just y'all get it this is the last experience of the day, so I just am a little winded, so y'all just going to have to just go with me here. Because I don't understand how people go in the bathroom all that time and come out and look like, what did you do? I had to get ready, but you still ain't ready. What, what was you doing in there? <laughs> no, you was on Skype or something. What was you in there doing? Oh, it didn't take that long. <laughs> okay, I, I'll quit meddling. Things that lack excellence only exist because we allow them. And for you to be the warrior and the believer God's called you to be, you have to cultivate a lifestyle of excellence. And I know today's message is, is challenging. It's not one that makes you want to shout and hoop and move around and that kind of thing. But it's a message that when you apply it, you'll be shouting and, and you'll be hooping. Watch this. Why, Bishop? One point. Because Daniel, because he was a man of excellence, what did verse 28 tell us? He prospered. I'm here to tell you the missing link between where you are and where you want to be is one word called excellence. One word. Bishop, I want my business to do better. One word. Excellence. Business, I want my family to be better. One Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Hey, Cricket customers, Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Nice. Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. we never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Yeah. Phone plan, streams, and standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See CricketWireless.com for details.